everybody. Welcome to Political Football. My name is Dave. I'm here with Scott and Cleve. We are part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. Uh, Cleve, how are you doing today? Not good. I got to ask you guys something. Oh, um, boy. No, no, no. It's it's, it's actually off, off cuff. But uh, Okay. <laughs> I was on uh, – I was – shout out to Maddie Ice and, and – um, and, and coach, I was on their show yesterday as a as a guest. My agent got me a spot on the show, and it was great. Um, I got tip shamed yesterday, and Dave, I actually want your opinion on this because you work in an industry where that could possibly, you know, be a thing depending yeah. on service and stuff like that. And For Scott, sure. I definitely want your opinion on this as well. So I'm not gonna name the, the place. I go to get takeout last night. Ordered the food, had to drive there, get out of the car, walk into the establishment, walk to the counter. The guy slides the food over. Uh, he turns a little iPad thing around to make me, you know, I'm going to pay for the food. And then it has like the tip stuff comes up. So I go to press zero because I'm slaved warhead right now. Like, I'm just going to press zero. We lock eyes. And he's looking at me like, I know you're not going to press zero for that, right? Now, he didn't say it, but his eyes said it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Fuck that. Zero tip. <laughs> Got in the car, felt a little guilty. I'm like, shit, you know, but what's the protocol there? I'm I'm dying to hear what you guys would have to say. I coach and Matty Ice had their perspective on it, but I want to hear my guys. Okay, so a couple things here. Um you don't need to name the place, but the type of place is very important. So okay. what kind of food was it a chain and how big was the order? Uh, orders just about 25 bucks ish, maybe 26 ish, mm-hmm. um, you know, fast takeout, American bar food, just, you know, like chicken wings, that type of thing. Is the it guy a- literally the guy, it wasn't a big chain, but the guy literally walked to the fucking counter from the kitchen with the bag. Is it a place that's a restaurant as well, where people usually go and sit and take out yeah. like not their yeah, main yeah. thing. Yeah. So like the restaurant culture is more the thing there. Yes. And I think that's why the approach was what it was. Yeah, Scott, what do you think? So I, I, I'm not the, I'm not the perfect person to answer this question, just because I don't have any perspective as to any of this nonsense. Like I don't know what you're supposed to do. Um, I know what I do. For the most part, is I will, I will do like, um, like ten percent or fifteen or whatever it is, but if some if some dude's gonna give you that look before you do, I'm with you, man. Like it's like, really, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's an expectation, I think that's a different story. Yep. Um, but again, I don't have any real ideas as to what the the real good reason is. I I mean, if it's a restaurant and it's like, uh, it's just takeout. I don't. I think you're fine. Okay. Let me add a little bit of color, Dave. Before you ask, let me add a little yep. color to it. So basically, I am a tipper. Like if if you know, I'm sitting in a restaurant, food comes out, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm ordering. They're they're working their ass off. The place is busy. I get it because again, you know, it's you know the right thing to do. I'm not going to stiff someone. Like when I was younger, I was that guy. Like I would walk out, eat, walk out, wipe off, whatever. And then like I had a guy come to me to the car, which changed my whole life with this come to the car like i'm getting in my car and he's like hey um was there something wrong and i'm like what do you mean he's like you didn't leave a tip and i was like wear a fucking hat in the rain and he was like wow you're you're one of those guys and then you know like we talked or whatever he's like hey i make shit on this job i'm a college kid whatever so it made me reach and then it made me think about what they make and 
how they kind of survive on these tips. So I changed mm-hmm. my whole perspective on it. But, but yeah, but like the look was like, like I'm looking down to get ready to like punch, you know, whatever, and then put my card in and sign my name, whatever, with my finger. And he's just looking, he's looking directly at me as I'm like, I'm fingering over like the tip thing, 10%, 20%, whatever. And he's just looking at me. And I looked him right back in the eye and I just pressed zero. And he just like looked at me. And then he spun it back around and like, like pretty much like get the fuck out of here. Okay. So here's the thing. And you're not going <laughs> to like this. Okay. So, I, I, I knew it. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You needed a tip. And here's why. Because you're in a restaurant, the fact that you're getting takeout doesn't really change anything because the guy who's doing the takeout, all the prep work behind the takeout is still the same people working the tables or whatever, right? So it's not like you're giving that money like just directly to this one person who came out from behind the counter. It goes to the staff working at the restaurant. So when it's a restaurant setting like that, a place where most of their business is people go in and sit down and order at the table. Mm-hmm. You got to tip on the takeout too. Now, I don't think you have to tip as much because you're not tipping directly to your server who's taking care of you the entire mm-hmm. time. So on 25, if you do five bucks, like I think like you're I good. Think- yeah. Even if you did 10%, if you did 250, like just a little something. So each takeout order, they get a little bit of that as well. The, the area where I have an issue with is when it's like an all takeout place or a majority takeout place, like most Chinese restaurants. Yeah. Um, or a Starbucks. Oh, yeah, that's happening now too a lot. Yeah. And I it's noticed that. Um, because to me at Starbucks, I think that kind of depends on your order. If you order like a 17 word crazy whatever, well, then I can see why you maybe you need to throw a little bit in the jar for the barista, but but you want to go it's play like coffee. Play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tipping is weird. It's culturally weird. It doesn't seem weird to us because we do it here, but we're like one of the only countries where this happens. Um, there's been studies in the past to show that the entire practice is racist, even, even inadvertently. Like mm-hmm. th- some of these studies, I believe one was done by Cornell. This was a while ago, but they found that this is not going to shock anybody, but white people tipped white servers more than black servers. Really? Wow. But they also found that black people tipped white servers more than black servers. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, like the practice itself is just so not, 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 not great, but we don't want, we don't want to pay $29, $30 for the same takeout and not have to worry about it. Right. That's the hang up. Yeah. So, so when I got married, when I got married, um, I got married in Grenada, and part of my package, <laughs> Paul, part of my package whoa, was whoa. having having a <laughs> butler, having a butler that was butlering the entire time that I was there. So like this guy would be in like full tails, like standing. It's like blazing sun, standing at the pool with a towel around his hand, like as I get out and shit like that. And I'm like, dude, I was like, honestly, like this is kind of weird for me, just have someone in waiting. And he was like, hey, you know, I kind of survived. This is my job here. I got, you know, I got to feed a family, whatever. And then when I warmed up to like having him at my beck and call, I really just need him to like ride me around because the property was massive. But um, like he stood there sometimes with his hand out, like like catching breeze. Like he's just like, and I'm like, 
I'm already paying like a mint to have you just just do this. This extra on top now, like he's like like I would like say, okay, I'm good, man. He was just standing. I'm like, what's up? And he's just like, <laughs> like what the fuck is going on here? So here's the thing: tips aren't extra on top in any context, right? Tips are companies placing the burden of paying the employees onto their customers, but they aren't extra on top, right? That cost needs to go somewhere and it should go to the cost of the food and then they pay the employees appropriately. That's the way it should be done. That's the way it's done in most places, right? So when you're ordering something, when you're looking on DoorDash or whatever, the cost of the tip is part of the cost. It's not an additional, it's not a throw in, it's not an extra. It's like, you you know, you said when you were younger, you would walk out on tips, right? Mm -hmm. To me, walking out on a tip, but like, for no reason. Actually, I don't think there's ever really a reason not to tip, but walking out on a service. No, I'll I'll come back to that. Um, uh, walking on a tip is kind of like walking out on the bill. Like it's the same thing principally because you're, it's still money owed, right? It's not extra. It's not just because it's not on a whim. It might not be legally the same thing, but spiritually, it's the same thing. And it might be even worse because if you pay the bill but don't tip, you're paying the fucking Denny's and not the poor person working there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. um, yes. So, uh, the other point you brought up, up for poor service. There are many circumstances where you receive service where tipping's not expected at the bank, retail stores, at the grocery store, those sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. If you receive poor service at the grocery store, what do you do? At the at the, I mean, I've never I've never been approached to be tipped in the grocery store. No, no. If you receive bad service, oh, I I mean, I might so, go to a manager and say, "Hey, man, what the fuck's wrong with your guy?" Right. What would you do if so if a bank teller was rude to you? Same thing. I'm like, "Hey, um, I got a lot of money in this bank, and if this continues to happen, I take my money out." What do you think you should do in the restaurant? Hey, this 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 is unacceptable that this guy's coming up to me, fucking handout. Like, what's going on? The difference is at the bank and the grocery store, you going to the manager doesn't take any money out of the pocket of the employee, right? No matter how big of an asshole they are or how bad they screw up, they're getting paid the same anyways. In a restaurant, though, we can justify I'm not going to tip because the service was so poor, mm-hmm. but really at its core, that's just vindictive, right? The proper thing is the same as the other circumstances. Go to the manager and say, what's going on here? Now you want to scale it back a little bit, something like that. The other thing with that is that a lot of people don't realize whose fault what is, right? The food takes forever to come out. Well, is that the kitchen in the back or was the server not paying attention, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, they're not refilling the drinks fast enough. Well, are they understaffed or only two people working? Like, you know, you just don't always know exactly what's going on even if somebody's rude like even if you have a server who just says something not like a racial slur but is this like rude you know what i mean like hurry up like yeah we we don't know (laughs) they're having a bad day they're got a flat tire on the way in not my job not my fucking problem dave that's not my problem go somewhere else yes but when you go to a restaurant paying the paying the salaries of the people who work there is your problem that's part of the deal when you go in and so i just i don't agree with that Thank you, Scott. In theory, I don't because when he's going to pick up takeout, I don't think any of that stuff you said applies. Takeout. Thank you, Scott. Takeout. 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 Yeah, the guy's bringing the fucking back a hundred, a uh, hundred feet from the fucking back. That's it. it. Does it doesn't it doesn't matter what the effort is? It's the it's the expectation of the way the culture is set up to pay these employees, right? Okay, so but how did how did this whole thing exist ten years ago when you never tipped anybody for takeout? 
anyway. Yeah, exactly. This remember. is a new thing. Yeah, this I don't remember this 10 years ago, Scott, honestly. Yes, yes, you are correct. The world has improved to where there's now more money going to these poor employees. Yes, no. terrible. <laughs> Awful. We should definitely go back. I'll tell you what, let's just go back to the 50s when like you couldn't hey. even hit me in Cleve. We'll All just right, go so, way back. So, so we'll go back to we'll go back to the 1850s. You have to pay me in Cleve. So not to beat a dead horse, and we can move on to some football. Um, <laughs> so in Jersey, it's illegal to pump your own gas, as you guys may know. Like I, when I first came to Virginia, I sat in my car for about a good ten minutes on Jefferson Davis, and the guy walked out. I was like, "Hey, is something wrong?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no one came out to get you know to to pump gas for me." He's like. And then he saw my place. He's like, oh, no, you pump it here. And I'm like, I've never touched a pump in my life. He's like, well, I'll show you. And <laughs> it was embarrassing. It, this was the same night as, an, as another funny. embarrassing event. So he shows me how to pump the gas. And I'm like, that's it? So in Jersey, you pay like a delivery fee or it's like, it's like hidden in the in the actual pumping of the gas. And um, they st- they sometimes stand around for a fucking tip for pumping gas and, and i get it because it's cold weather it's rainy sleeting outside shit, hot outside whatever so like they'll stand at your window like, and how they do it is they'll start like window washing your shit and then that's like where the tip like kind of gets brought up like the guy walk around and like just look at you like hey you know, i, I won't gas. get gas in new jersey <laughs> I, I go to cape may like twice a year i won't get gas in jersey i will make sure i fill up in delaware <laughs> that i have enough so i can get back out again i'm not yeah, the it's idea weird. of somebody else pumping my gas is emasculating, and I'm just going to admit it. Well, it's a privilege in New Jersey because I, I my entire my entire driving life, which from like 16 till now, I'm sitting in my car and I just roll up, window down, card goes out or cash goes out. The guy does his job and then see ya. Well, if he if he window washes me, then I got to throw him a buck or whatever. But it's kind of like the New Jersey thing, the tri-state area. Yeah, no, terrible. So Paul makes <laughs> Paul makes a couple of good points here. And so this is right. First, he says if you were not if you were not tipping on takeout from a sit-down restaurant 10 years ago, that is a you problem. Wow. <laughs> he points Damn, out Paul. it's brutal. The, the waitresses are doing the work putting the order together, which takes away time from their regular tables. Ex- exactly. Like the takeout order doesn't magically come together just because like we don't see it happen, right? The same people who bring it like it's the work involved and when you order food from a restaurant, the way our culture is set up is that you are paying the the, the wages, partly wages and the majority of the wages through by the, before you even agree to go in the door. Like I'm going into this place, this is part of what it is. This is the deal. Like if you don't want to tip, you shouldn't even be going. And I can see, I can, I can understand why in that situation, Cleve, you would see it as like a gray area. I'm not like trying to come down on you. Like oh, that, no, no, that, no. I, I, that I really, wanted, I really want an insight on this. I yeah. really want an insight. But if you go into a restaurant, especially like a restaurant, you get takeout from an Applebee's or something. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but if you get takeout from an Applebee's or something, you got to tip like you sat at the table at Applebee's and like, I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Like you can't. He can't skimp on it there. It's going to the same people, doing the same work, doing doing the same thing. Now, an exclusively takeout place, like a place that only does takeout, mm-hmm. I still think you should tip, but I can see why you'd scale it back some because there are no regular tables. There's nothing to take away from. It's just what they're what they're doing. But like it's weird. We don't tip at McDonald's. No. Right? Like, which doesn't make much sense. But I mean, but, but if you look at the pads now, 
they sneak it in there now. Like when you any any iPad thing or whatever, swipe yeah. your card, that shit's on there now. Like I yeah started noticing like when, when they started doing this shit, Starbucks now. I'm like, what's going yeah. on? With yeah, this? and that's what I was saying. I don't remember that being a thing. <laughs> I mean, I you know, 10 years ago you would tip people, you would give them cash. Yeah. But I don't remember it being like like you know on the receipt or part of the process of paying kind of stuff. Whatever. You know. What I mean. Ben says in the town I live in, the mayor is the guy that works the full service pump. Well, how small is this town? Wow. Uh, yeah, Ben, I don't want to dox you if you don't want to. Uh, Scout would obviously know what town you're in. If you want to put it in there, go ahead or give me the go ahead, I'll say. But um, it's not in Jersey. So I, I assume the mayor's out here just trying to get um, Man. So trying to get that? trying to get votes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like uh, – Jake Jake made a point here. Jake said that waiters and waitresses would lose a lot of income in hourly wages um, if uh, if if or would lose a lot of income if hourly wages were raised and the, raised and the tip culture went away. They do not want that, even if it be more profit for consumers. Americans are stuck. That's not true. The truth is is that these this class of workers is criminally underpaid, and so the fact that they wouldn't launch up even more. Like there, there's so here's the thing because of tipping culture, there's too many of these restaurants. Like there are so many Applebee's, Ruby Tuesdays, TGI Fridays. They're all the same place. They all do the same thing, and they don't pay their workers enough. Like there should be twenty five percent as many paying all their employees seventy five percent more. So places like the Chart House, you've eaten there, right? Yeah, yeah, expensive fucking place for seafood and uh, and other eating other eating. Yeah, they. I can't remember this or not. Like they, I think they put their gratuity on, like in it, like because because your bill is going to be like a few hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So they put it already in, built in, so like you can't get around like not paying it. Yes. And so so hitting, I was. They're hitting you for like eighteen percent before you. Even yeah, pay. yeah. Before yeah, before it even like lands on the table, like that's coming out that that um that case there. So. Yeah, it's, it's but wow, but here's but here's the thing, like if. If this is not just for restaurant workers, this is for a lot of different industries. Everything is too cheap because we are what we do is that we don't pay workers enough money to live on, and then we use tax money to subsidize that through various programs instead. So McDonald's can get away with paying non livable wages because the rest of us will put together with our tax money to subsidize that difference, right? Mm. There's no reason why McDonald's can't pay that and if they can't afford it that means there are too many mcdonald's in the world right and they need to close some right we should not be subsidizing with our tax money the expansion of these restaurants and that's what's happening so there may end up being fewer restaurants but that's fine if the people working there were to make more money like people are criminally underpaid across the board in this in this country and the, this is just one area where it's easy to see. Tipping makes it unique because we don't worry about tipping at the grocery store, like I mentioned. People are also horribly underpaid by and large. Okay, okay. I'm glad you said that, and then we can we can bury this thing. So I, you know, I work at property management. That's my main gig, other than training. Right? I've been in property management for like forever, and we tell our residents do not tip our maintenance guys because they're they're pretty, um, paid pretty good. So mm-hmm. they come into your place, they fix the clock sink or whatever. You might throw them a couple of bucks. Now, the gray area is like when it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. they want to give them a card full of money, whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to know about it. I you just, you know, if 
somebody gave you something, it's between you and them. I don't give a shit about it, right? So with that, some of these guys that I used to work with, um, I have to like write up and reprimand because they would they would push the agenda because saying some of the penthouses and stuff that these guys were like, you know, kind of like linger around looking for that little that, that little bump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where I'm like, well, obviously I, we're talking about food here primarily, but basically in any in any field of service, you know, mm-hmm. you, you do a good job. Um, you know, this tipping always applies. So I, I just want you guys inside on it because uh, I it was just such a it was a funny moment. I didn't it didn't piss me off, but it just made me pause. Like like I'm like because the guy like looked at me like maybe you don't know or don't care or you know maybe this is a one off or whatever. But I was like I'm driving home. And I'm like should I have tipped there? Like shit, you know what's going on with that? So yeah. So the answer is yes, you should have, but it's not the same situation as when you were a punk kid just running out on tipping people, <laughs> right? You didn't you, you didn't like revert to your old ways. So. <laughs> I worked oh. late in life, man. I, I was privileged enough to work when I was like 21. It was like my first real job. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't work as a teenager. I just had to go to school. My my, my parents just bankrolled me, whatever it is. Like, you're just going to just get good grades. That's it. So when I got a job, I, I was like way behind because I'm like, you got to be here at 7 o'clock every day? <laughs> 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 or just some of the time or some of the time or all of the time. Like, what what's the deal here, bro? <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we got a little sidetrack there, but it was a Sorry great conversation. That. Really good thing to discuss it. This is, I mean, the rabbit hole here. And you can tell Paul and I have gone down this. I mean. <laughs> You know, I work as a hotel concierge, so this is a part. This is a part of life for me right now, and I work in one of those gray area situations. I will do the same service for one person and get nothing, or the same service for another person and get twenty bucks. Right? Like, it just depends on the on the situation. Um, but before we move on to the football, because this is actually a football podcast, although I love I love having the conversations like that. <laughs> um, uh. I do want to mention this part of the Maddie Ice Media Network, and we have to talk about big game, big, big game pre-show bedlam coming up this Sunday um, from from twelve to three. The entire Maddie Ice Media Network, not the entire network, but three of the shows on the network, going to be going back to back to back uh, at from noon to one. Iceman and Coach from one to two, it'll be the three knuckleheads right here, and then from hour an uh, hour three, it'll be uh, reading the defense. So we are actually going to do our Super Bowl preview and season-long awards review on Sunday. So if you want to hear our, you know, our thoughts for the Super Bowl coming up, it's going to be, it's going to be on Sunday, right? The matchups between, you know, how likely this Quez Watkins to catch an 80-yard touchdown. Like that might be nice for me, something like that, right? We'll, we'll break down the actual game on, on Sunday as well as review our awards uh, predictions. And just as a reminder for the listeners, Cleef predicted the Offensive Player of the Year would be Baker Mayfield. Jesus Christ, that was too early. <laughs> it was the day before the season started. Um, That's a long time ago. Uh, I, I went back and listened to the episode today. Cleve, I, I, there were some things you said that were prescient and really smart. And there were some things you said that weren't. But that actually is true for all of us. That is true for all of us. So we'll be discussing those. That's we'll be discussing criminal. those on Sunday. That's criminal that I said that. That's criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was the worst take you had. In that episode, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I think it's uh, well, it's one A, it's one A, one B with with um DJ Metcalf being a bus. So it's <laughs> yes, that was that was 
that was actually a worse a worse overall statement, but it wasn't in that episode. He also said the 49ers would win four games this year, which is pretty <laughs> which is pretty out there. Jesus. All right. Like <laughs> um uh yeah, so we'll discuss those. You know, go back to those on on Sunday and we'll preview the the actual Super Bowl itself. Um uh then. Okay. So the biggest news that happened, of course, happened the morning after our last episode. So this is old news at this point, but still something we have to discuss. After 23 seasons, the absolute goat has finally retired. Tom Brady has hung up his cleats for good. Um, personally, I believe him. Um, and, you know, the way he did this, Scott, I thought it was very interesting. He went on IG Live and did not tell anyone beforehand. Yeah, and the, I guess the rumors are, or whether this is confirmed or not, I'm not sure, but he had recorded that um, or some some portion of that days before. So mm. it, I don't know that it was an um, – let's just say uh, he learned from last year. I mean, I think he even made the comment that you get one big, you know, uh, thank you letter kind of thing. Uh, this was just a very different way of doing it, but – um, I mean, you guys saw the contract he signed with Fox, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although he's not starting until next season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, he's taking, um, rightly so he's taking some time to just chill, uh, with his kids and whatever he's got going on. Um, I can't imagine what life has been like for, for just all, for everybody involved with him playing football and just being so you know, nine, 10 months a year being not there. Um, they're going to, they're going to really find out what, uh, what they think of them though, with them being all, yeah, with them know, being like, around uh, dad's but... a real asshole kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben asked, who did he have to tell beforehand? Uh, it's not that he had to tell him beforehand is that last year he got scooped by Schefter. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't think there's this perspective that he, that you know, he just woke up and you know whatever day it was and decided on the on a on a whim I'm going to go out to the beach and tell everybody. I think he had he knew right. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Dave, you said it. He's he's the greatest. He's probably the greatest football player I've. Uh, I'm sure all of us feel that way. Um, have ever seen. I mean, not you know. I mean, there's <clears throat> the skill position stuff and the speed of other players and the, you know different position stuff, but. But there's really nobody who's done what he's done. So uh, at the level he did it for. So Cleve and I were discussing this uh, offline, and to me, there's a distinct, distinct difference between greatest and best. Right? Best is just a measure of your ability to do something. Greatest measures your ability and your accomplishments all kind of rolled together. Yeah. Right. Um, like Frank Gore is like fourth on the all-time rushing list, he is not the fourth of best running back to ever play the game, right? So if you play 23 seasons, you're going to get a lot of achievements and whatever. And Tom Brady is definitely like a great, 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 like really skilled and an awesome player. I just think he was the best player ever, but he is definitely the greatest. So um, I'm just going to read this off here real quick, Cleve, because you were trying to make this point, and this is a hard one to refute. So for Tom Brady, 23 seasons, 251 games won, seven Super Bowl wins, 649 career touchdown passes, 89,200 uh, regular season passing yards, 12,000 attempts, 7,700 completions, 
only player to pass for at least 100,000 yards. Most games started 333, 35 playoff wins, 13,000 playoff passing yards, 88 passing touchdowns, 14 playoff game-winning drives, 505 passing yards in a playoff game, 21 Super Bowl passing touchdowns, 3,000 Super Bowl passing yards, 10 Super Bowl appearances, 35 career playoff wins, 19 more than any other quarterback. Second place is Joe Montana with 16 and five-time Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Did you say 35 playoff uh-huh. wins? Yeah. Yep. That's Montana more than 20, second with 16. That's more than 27 teams, if if if, if my math is right. That's yeah. more than 27. No, the Lions have won playoff wins in, in in the last 67 years. I think I have it that way. Yeah. Since 1957, they've won one freaking playoff game. Yeah. Yep. That's, and this that's dude's got 35? 35. This is – so this spurn – this conversation was spurned by um, Mike Francesca, uh, Francesca making the comment about – what was it, Dave? Uh, was it uh, – Mont- Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback he's seen. Uh, Peyton was the best regular season quarterback he's seen. And he, okay, and then, so that's that's what he said, which I took deference to. Uh, and again, I wasn't I wasn't a big Tom guy because he terrorized my division for damn near the entire time he was in the league for most of it. But when you look at what you just read off, and that's just part of the story. But he's he he's the hundred and ninety ninth pick in the sixth round like you hollywood would take a script and take a shit on it and be like never would happen yeah right the guy was so paranoid about about having to claw for a spot he would never take he would never have god take reps in front of him mm-hmm. he just did not want to get in a position where he felt that hey looking at another guy he got jimmy g jettisoned into the sun basically because he, he just <laughs> felt like hey they're cozying up there I'm still the guy here. I got six rings. Like, get the fuck out of here. So, um, you know, some of the teams that he beat, some of the some of the games that he had to come back from in Super Bowls, like the Falcons game alone, the guy had three Hall of Fame careers, right? You ran off his Super Bowl stats. You got quarterbacks that don't even get that in a regular season. And it's 500 uh, yards in a loss, in a loss to – to Nick Foles. <laughs> so Nick, <laughs> Nick gets to say, I beat the GOAT and, and the GOAT threw for 500 yards against me, you know, and, and won. So um, I, I agree with Scott in the beginning what he said. But what makes it different for me is because of where he was picked and kind of like the, the Brady Five, all those <laughs> quarterbacks that, I mean, the list was horrendous that this guy, you know, he got – he outlasted a lot. I mean, some of the guys that he had to throw to in some of these Super Bowls, I can't name them again. You know, so Peyton was a great quarterback, very yeah. skilled, very skilled. I mean, to Matty Ice's point, a savant. Like he would study film, st- you know, study guys, you know, how they're standing. If they're flat footed on this route, I can beat them. Like he was that guy. Tom had to will some of those wins. He just had to get guys open, throw them open or just get to a spot. Um, so I, you know, great is great. And I, and I agree with you because I went back through our text and I'm like, you know what, I did, I did, I need to listen to Dave when he makes his, his arguments, because I was just trying to get out the stat lines, but I wasn't really listening to what you were saying about mechanics and, and all that, which, which counts, which counts. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning is just Peyton Manning, Dan Marino and Trey Lance are the three best quarterbacks I've ever seen to play the game. But see, so, but but, but Peyton, Peyton's <laughs> the son of a quarterback of, of an NFL pro quarterback. Tom is yeah. Tom's dad was a coach, like you know, 
basically yeah. whatever. So Tomlin had the pedigree that that Eli and and and, and Peyton. Yeah, had I'm not. That's not a knock on. It's not a knock on Tom Brady. I'm just saying Peyton Manning and Dan Marino are the two most talented quarterbacks I've seen, and but they're not the greatest because Tom Brady is the greatest because yeah. of everything. I didn't even mention his three NFL regular season MVPs. This is what I'm saying. Like it's it, <laughs> it's it was criminal for. I mean. They said Peyton Manning's um, Hall of Fame took 18, well, 13 seconds. Tom should take just everyone just just nod. Any so, I mean, with, we're good here. With, <laughs> with Brady, isn't it just as simple as, as uh, his will to win was is just greater than anybody else's, period? No, nah, there's not a luck in there because, like, was Nick no, Foles? I'm just, I'm just saying just his, his overall demeanor as a player. He's not the most talented player. Yeah. He's not the most uh, – natural thrower of the ball he's not super athletic he's none of those things but you can't yeah, measure I, how much a guy wants it exactly you can't measure that you can't not that's the one metric and that's what i liked about kurt warner you can't measure you can measure all the metrics you want the look the everything look at the rob johnson remember rob johnson yeah quarterback and and was dog shit <laughs> it was dog shit he had a cannon definitely had to come in definitely had to come in and like and just show you hey i can play this position better than this fucking guy but yeah, it's just it's undeniably like, you know, the will to win, the will to win. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake caught my joke about uh about Andy Marino and Trey Lance being the three, the three greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Uh, don't so, forget, don't forget Anthony Richardson. Ow. I, don't even, I don't even know. You see, someone bopped you. He's Florida's quarterback. <laughs> Come on. Um. So. The only quarterback left under contract for the Bucks is Kyle Trask. Yes, Cleve, that's a real person. Jesus, yeah. just get ready to ask. <laughs> like, I so, have no idea what they were doing a few years ago in round two taking him, by the way. <laughs> Cleve, he is a huge guy. Like, a, I mean, a big, huge dude. But, like, <laughs> man, he, he, had, he had Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney and put up, like, decent numbers. He wow. has very, right. very – uh, poor arm strength, mm-hmm. and it's really weird because generally those six foot five, two hundred thirty pound dudes can sling it, and he's not that guy. Wow! And they took him in the second round, and it was just like that's really weird. Now they know. I mean, when they, you know, that was with Arians and other, they know what they're doing. So you know, that's when people like me need to take a back seat and shut up about it. Apparently, I haven't learned that lesson. But, you know, um, it's, it's just weird to, to, uh, for a player like Trask to have the struggles that he has with his size. It's really odd. Wow. I just I, I can't see him really being the next guy up. So that. so he's, he's like a Big Ben type prototype? Like he's like a like that type of big? Oh, no. Oh, no, he's very big. He's a big, big guy. Like Burley but, or just like Cam Newton big? Like Burley, he's, I want to say he's like six three and six four mm-hmm. in that range, and two hundred and thirty plus pounds. He's a oh, okay. big quarterback, okay. but he but plays the, a very finesse game. He, yeah, he he's to, he's, but he has a T Rex arm, so <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's just odd. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting because Tom Brady came into the NFL. Was I still in high school? I think so, because he was drafted in two thousand, right? Or 2001. He was drafted in 2001. Wow. April 2001. I graduated high school June 2001. Wow. So you were in high school when t- September 11th happened? No. I graduated the June before. 
Did you know me for? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, so yeah, I was out for three months. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so congratulations to Tom Brady for retiring. Um, kind of wish he had done it a year sooner. If, if it would have, you know, saved his relationship or whatever, there's no saying that we know that it would have or anything like that. Like who knows, but if it would have, I wish he would have done it a year sooner. Yeah. yeah. Really need him. It wasn't worth it. In my opinion, from like watching it, who knows what it was for him, but Todd Bowles. No, I would have like, fuck you. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so quick sidebar here for Jake. He says saints are looking at car right now. Quick thoughts on that possible signing. Um, serviceable quarterback, bad division, like, you know, but it work. He'd get the ball to Chris Olave and, you know, that's, that's fine. But Kamara could be gone. Michael Thomas could be gone. That team could look completely different yeah, going into next year. I have no idea how they could even structure a contract for him. They're so far over the cap. Yeah. Even, even if they make some crazy stuff happen, you're still, you don't you can't really open up enough money to do it unless you trade Marshawn Lattimore, which to me, is super interesting Um, because that pulls off like $20 million off the books. And, you know, if they're in a position where they, where they're looking to go get car, um, maybe Lattimore could be had. But what, but wouldn't it make more sense to trade Lattimore to the bears to move up to number one and take the quarterback you want on a rookie contract and use the 20 million you freed up to sign other people to help that rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. I have no idea, but I don't know why the Bears would do that. I mean, you'd have yeah. to give them a shitload of other stuff to do that too. You would, you would, and I don't think they have they have the you know a lot of capital. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they don't really they don't they gave up. They don't have a first round pick in this year in this year's draft. No, the That's Saints the, the Saints are in like they're in purgatory. They are so yeah. this uh, a player like Carr gets them past the purgatory hurdle. Um, but now if they can't afford anything else, I I don't know how they do it. And it's interesting because you hear two people or two sides talking that in order for him to go meet with the team, they had that the the saints and the Raiders have to have agreed on compensation for that to, for him to meet with them. But I'm not sure that that's true. So we'll see if that's the case over the next little while. I don't know that that's exactly how that's shaking out, but, um, that division is going to be interesting. Like I could see Carolina, if Carolina gets a quarterback, Carolina could roll that division. They could, it's just, yeah. you know, um, I mean, same thing. You could, you could say similar things about Atlanta. Atlanta might have a really good offense if they get a quarterback. The problem is their coach. I was going to say coach. their, their coach wants to run the ball 47 times a game when you've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. It's, um, I, yeah. <laughs> What was what was that high school movie um where the the kid from Dawson's Creek played the played quarterback in Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues where they ran the ball all the way to like the one yard line and they would throw it. <laughs> like run all they would just run the field for the entire game and then in the red zone they t- take the running back out. It's like all right, we're gonna pass here. See, here's here's how we here's how we know Cleve is a boomer. Oh, he Jesus. says he says the the guy from Dawson's Creek. Any millennial knows that's James <laughs> Vanderbeek. I, I, dude, I don't know the guy's name. I just know which I didn't watch the show, but I, I knew like would see him on the show, whatever. Jesus. Oh, oh, I watched I watched Dawson's all the one way more, twice. One more thing about the Tom Brady thing: the sand he was standing on. Did you guys see that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much did it go for, Cleef? 
It's well, it was six seventy seven when it started. It's up to one hundred grand now. Six hundred seventy seven dollars when it was jarred, but now it's it's auctioning on um on eBay, and then it's gonna go to what's that famous auction house in in New York, Sotheby's? Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna end up at Sotheby's. So they're they're projecting that it might it might go for like a half a million dollars. The spot that he was standing in. It's bro- the whole thing is broken if that's happening. <laughs> like it's just it's busted. I mean, it's not even an NFT. What are these people thinking? <laughs> the sand where he's standing on. That's fucking amazing. Like, what even is the value in that? <laughs> I mean, hey, I guess value is just whatever somebody's willing to pay for it, but like yeah. hey, you can you can go on Groupon and buy property on Mars. Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, you could, makes... buy a plot, you could buy a plot of land on Mars. I'm fucking dead serious. Like they'll they'll give you a deed and everything. Like it's insane. Well, that that actually that actually makes sense. I mean, that's just get out front of real estate, pass that down. You know, four generations from now, that could be pretty lucrative. Can you, you might, if you, there you are, might, if there are people on Mars that we don't know about, good luck with that deed. <laughs> Show up with squatters' rights. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Zorb. You're on my land. Can you get out? Yeah. I don't know if that would go over well, but yeah, I mean, I could see if that goes down like through your family and it's like 2250 and like your great, 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 whatever has it. And now some conglomerate's going to start building on Mars and you're sitting on the property. It's like, well, they want to build a stadium and you've got a little place there. They got to pay you for it. All right. So I, I said that to say this, is there anything that either one of you would pay a hundred grand for sports, sports memorabilia, like, like, like something like something obscure like that. Nothing, huh? No, like the mouthpiece of a guy or something like that. Like, nothing. do you remember? Do you remember the movie Basketball, where the rich guy just had Kareem Jabbar in the case? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if I can, if I could pay Kareem a nine to five to just come sit in the case in the house or something like that. Um, well, it couldn't be. It wouldn't be Kareem now. It'd have to be like Steph Curry. Like, just yeah. come chill in the chill in the house as your nine to five once you retire. But no, a hundred, a hundred grand for some sports memorabilia. Old, I mean, if I bought something for a hundred grand that I thought I could flip in a little bit for a million, then yes, right. I would do it. Totally but different. just to have, just to hold, no. Yeah. How valuable is that ball that the guy gave back now is worth? <laughs> the Tom Brady ball, remember? And he threw. Oh yeah. Down, yeah. He, yeah. Back. he just gave back his college, you know, his son's college. Uh, Entire you like know, uh, back a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, quick aside here. So the State of the Union is on, and it's like early on in the speech. So this is clearly like just all the like super nice things that the president here is saying. So of course everybody stands up, and it's customary for and like the the like normal things here for everybody to stand up and clap or whatever for the like, we can come together as a country to solve our problems. Everybody stands up and claps and whatever he's sitting there and he's like giving side eye and like doing this and that. And it's like, bro, you got to be serious. You are the speaker of the house. I mean, Lord help us, but you are the speaker of the house. You got to be a bit more serious than that. Come on now. Mm. But he's looking like he wants to be literally anywhere else than at the state of the union. It's like, bro, if you don't want the job, well, he he did a lot to get the job. I, you know, he, yeah, it's it's a it, it's a history um, resume pattern. <laughs> yeah, I just oh, I it's it's the like I don't even I don't want to say how do I want to say this? I have a healthy amount of cynicism for 
many American institutions because of the nature and origin of their founding and the and our lack of inclusion in it and the lack of inclusion of women and all that in them. But the general structure of governance is not really one of them. Like we have a Congress and a president and the Supreme mm-hmm. Court and like the people who do these things need to take them very seriously. Yeah. I'm I'm a big pomp and circumstance guy. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like he's just okay. Okay, he said something that they're all standing up for at least. Like even Matt Gates is clapping. So I don't know what he said because it's on mute. But he okay, he at least just did it one time. Um, well, he's, well, he's mine stays on mute these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm but stunned like, that they would actually stand up. I didn't think. I don't think. I don't, I don't think we're uh, our society is set up for for people to even remotely consider that at this point. I just don't. We live in we're living in parallel worlds. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's a top down problem, and it's because of the top-down folks here so like like lead by example you literally are that is literally your job <laughs> is to lead by example so yeah i mean show up and fake fake you want to be there just go through the pop and circumstance <laughs> yeah yeah all right we are uh we are going to we're going to cut out our discussion right now for concussions being up this year because we can move that to whenever off season whatever um i had a little thing about the pro bowl did either of you watch any of the pro bowl no dog in Not that a- fight not a freaking second. Yeah. I, okay. I see highlights. Yeah. Fuck that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I watched a little bit and they were playing on a, the flag football game on a 50 yard field. Super annoying. Cause there couldn't be enough long touchdowns. Like I want to see, I want to see Tyreek ripping through the field and going like 90. You know what I mean? Yeah. And can't even do it. Here's the thing, man. And we talked about this on, on coach and ice, man. Um, <clears throat> So I would, if you're not going to have a game and I get it because it's long season, you know, some of these guys have played 18 weeks of football. If you add the preseason in there, you're talking like 21, 22 weeks. I get it. You're in pads for a long time, but why don't we have like, um, you know, you have your quarterbacks, they get to pick their receivers and the defense gets to pick their corners and have these battles where, you know, it's, it's, it's three routes and who wins the route shit like that. That's effectively what it was. Yeah. I mean, just, just call it that. A fifty-yard field, like, come on, man! Like, come on! And then they do a lot of that stuff at the Senior Bowl, where you get a lot of one-on-ones like that. That would yeah. make for interesting, incredibly captivating TV. Of course, yes. also, you'd, and you'd want to hear them yapping. Also, you, know, like, you need stakes. Yes, yes, you need stakes. The players on the winning team get one point five million. The players on the losing yeah. team get get a hundred grand. Like, you got to yeah. put some so stakes the NHL on it. Does that with their All Star Game now? Um, the winning team of in the all-star game, they spread their million dollars around nine guys or whatever it is. And to be honest with you, it has not helped. It's a great <laughs> idea in theory, but it has not helped. No, I mean, all. I mean, what they paid them now is it, I, what the winners 86,000 and losers 46,000. It's, it's something, it's something low like that. Like the, yeah. num- the numbers pocket change for most of these guys are multi-millionaires. So like that money is going to get pissed at the bar basically. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember that show that Michael Irving had? It was like a short-lived reality show where he had six corners, six wide receivers. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. So remember that drill that they had where it was like half a tennis ball was like cut, and then the guys kind of had it in their palm. So like the, the balls of the ball was like in their palm. So they had to make the catch yeah. kind of in that, in that. And they're going up against guys, you know, I mean, D1 athletes, you know, they're they're kind of like just pairing these guys out like stuff of that to me is very interesting because again, the route, 
with the quarterbacks, I would just do like how Dave and I always talk about down and distance, three three possible scenarios, but then walk me through what you, what you would do here to kind of see yeah. the mind of for people who like football to that. But again, the general public likes football. Like they like to see people crashing into each other. That's not long, happening anymore. Long, but yeah. So I, I get it that the pro, the last time I watched the pro bowl was Sean Taylor laying somebody out. That was the it was last. It's a punter. It was Brian Mormon. Yeah. That was a hundred thousand years ago. And I was like, I was like, it's like how Kobe was like playing the all-star game. He's like, Hey, they're keeping score. So fuck you guys. I'm, I'm going to play ball here. Right. <laughs> they're keeping score. So what are we doing? All right, we, joke. We uh we did have some some big coaching change news here, so we'll go through we'll go through these. Uh, some of these might have more to talk about than others. They're in kind of order that they happened. Kind of. Um, first of all, yeah, Frank Reich hired as head coach of the Panthers. Uh, to me, this seems like a good hire. Frank Reich was told to play Parker Ellinger and then was fired when it predictably went horribly wrong just so the Colts could bring in Jeff Saturday, Cleef. Did you call him Parker Ellinger for my benefit there, buddy? Well, that's what you said his name was. Don't, you should not be listening to me about these things. Fact oh. check shit before you <laughs> Isn't it Sam Ellinger? Uh, it turns out his name is Kyle Trask. No, it's... Uh... <laughs> Listen, I am, I am... Since I had COVID a few years ago... I cannot do the name thing anymore. You guys have heard me do it. Mark yes. Andrews yeah. is yeah. Mark Edwards. I have referred to Anthony Richardson as Antonio Richardson no less than a hundred times in the last week. And I am convinced now that's his stage name. Like it has to be. And that's the way I'm going to refer to it. But it is oh, just the man. craziest thing. Is it? I, so right now I don't know who the court, which Ellinger is it? This is, His name is Sam Ellinger. Yeah, is he related to Parker? Uh, I don't think Parker Ellinger is a, a, pro- a real person. No, yeah, yeah no, you just <laughs> you just made him up. I, I, Should be a real person. I have to. We'll talk about it on Sunday. I'm googling it. We're done. We are we are like two steps away from Parker Ellinger being Trump's next vice president on QAnon boards. Like this is how this stuff gets started. Hey, I read One it person- online. One person gets mistakenly convinced they're telling the truth, and then it just it just takes off. Um, so yeah, so I thought Frank Reich was I didn't think it was like the greatest coach ever, but it was definitely right out the building, kind of shady like in the mm-hmm. in Indy just to make room for Jeff Saturday, Cleve. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Jeff parties with uh, Ursay to get their beak wet, as Scott liked to say. So, so what do you think is going to happen? Just, 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 just to be clear. Political football and Maddie Ice Media are not alleged that Jeff Saturday does, does cocaine. Yeah, uh, with with Ursay, I'm pretty sure it's not an allegation. If it is, we're not alleging it. But but we're not we're not formally accusing Jeff Saturday of partaking in illegal narcotics. Formally, um, uh, the uh. Sean Payton hired by the Broncos in exchange for a first round pick and a third round pick. Uh, Scott, do you think that the price that was paid for Sean Payton was fair? I guess it wasn't. I guess that means the Saints do have a first round pick then, right? Or is that next year's first round pick? Maybe it was it was it's next year's because they had to trade. They traded this year's to go get a lave. Yeah, so um, I think it's fine. I think uh, whatever happened in that building last year was a total disaster. I don't know if you caught the part of the press conference where they asked him whether he was going to allow Russell Wilson's personal coaches and trainers to be 
in the building and he was like he shut that down they're and gone. i can see that being an issue they're gone they're fucking they are, yes and he was like yeah that's a foreign concept to yeah. me we're not doing that here i got my own guy <laughs> and it's, got, it's, yeah he's gonna bring his own guy which he should he should bring his own guy in yeah but it's like you know you're not it's obvious that russell wilson should feel a little bit threat not threatened but challenged at this point yeah that, no they, you know, yeah, they rolled it out for him they hack it laid down and 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 curtailed to everything that they wanted parking spots all that bullshit yes. but yeah. you know now you know now you're gonna live up to the money that we're gonna pay you like you're gonna yeah. fucking play ball and your quarterback yeah, guy wonder, is, is wilson involved is he gonna be is he gonna buy in we'll see i mean I mean, it's a great hire. He, Peyton's oh, a yeah, really yeah, no, they, yeah. They they up they upgraded, especially from what they from from Hackett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cleve, any idea what happened to Nathaniel Hackett? Oh yeah, he's 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 with us. Um, <laughs> I just, you should be yeah. happy about that. He's a good coordinator. No, he's not. Time, no, he is yes, not. He, he is. He was Aaron Rodgers' coordinator, which means he yeah. got the water for Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's the same. It's the same thing with Gase being Peyton right. Manning. It's the same fucking thing, and, and I agree with Dave. But just because you're just because you're a good coordinator doesn't mean you make a good head coach. In fact, I would say that it you should stay a coordinator. Yeah, really yeah. Coordinator I, I agree with that. Yeah, some guys, some guys are built for those type of jobs. They yeah, are not to be yeah. elevated. I just, I, I just think he's. He's not necessarily um, – I think the last few years of Aaron Rodgers have, have been catered to Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know that – I don't know that he totally did. I mean, he's peddling, he a good current, he's peddling the currency of being that with that guy. He's attaching his, his – he's hitching his wagon to that guy. And it's it's like it doesn't work anymore because, again, we saw it with Gase. Gase was Peyton's guy, but we knew yeah. it was Peyton, not fucking Gase. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett and Adam Gase are the empty suits in office space. Yeah, they They go. don't do anything. They don't contribute anything. Every <laughs> chance they have to, they're terrible. They're connected to first ballot Hall of Fame all-time great quarterbacks. And then they want to act like they're worth something or they're doing something. We don't know if Nathaniel Hackett's a good coordinator because he's been coordinating with Aaron Rodgers. Like we're gonna see, so it's recording with who knows with the with the Jets. Maybe with Aaron Rodgers Maybe again, with Aaron Rodgers, and we can just convince ourselves that he's a good coordinator. But I could be Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator because all I have to do is stand there and make sure he's got Gatorade. We had his dad <laughs> at one point. We had we had Nathaniel Hackett's dad at one point back in the day, and that that didn't work out good. Now, if if hiring Hackett gets Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, then it's a good hire. But I, it's not pretend that like. Yeah, we we talked about that, and again, as as talented as a, a player he is, and and I'm separating the man from the football. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just in in the New York market, he may have the tough skin to deal with that. But I think with him being, uh, he's not a diva per se, but him having his own way, um, him and Salah would bump heads. I believe him and that staff would bump heads because. Again, he's coming in like, hey, you know, I only got one Super Bowl, but I he's he's a very very good quarterback, a very good talent. But I don't think that his the way because him and Lafleur used to have kind of like contention, yeah. and yeah. So I, I I see that him being that kind of guy where he's going to speak his mind and speak up, which you should if you're you know you know if you're playing ball. But I think he I think two alpha males in that situation. I don't know. Here's the thing about. That and I think that it's it's reasonable to think going from Green Bay to New York because there are differences there for sure. So I don't want to like ignore that. 
nobody outside of the major East Coast markets gives a shit about the major East Coast markets, right? <laughs> he is from San Francisco. He went to Cal. Then he's been in Green Bay. He does not care about New York or the New York media or the New York <clears throat> landscape or none of it. When, and when neither do I, and neither does Scott, neither does anybody <laughs> else who is not from there. I'm, I'm telling you from being there, it's like, okay, so the Eagles are East Coast team. When you're getting yeah. booed in like at, at Lincoln Financial or you're getting booed at, at the Meadowlands or um, MetLife, it's different, man. When you're it's, when you're that guy and they're it, just fucking raining down booze on you, ask no, Brett Favre about that. Ask no. Patrick about that. No, here's here's the difference. Here's the difference. It would be concerning if you gave power and authority to the fan bases in these markets. But the reason these markets, it's a self-serving prophecy. The people in the markets act over the top. So the market's reputation for being over the top. So you have to be over the top or have a thick skin to deal with it. Aaron Rodgers just won't respect the Jets fan base if they're booing him for no reason. He just won't respect the media members if they're writing things about for no reason. He will just keep doing his thing and not caring about them. And for those of us not from those areas, it's the same thing. I don't care about, like, if I went to the Giants and the Giants fans are booing for no reason, I'd be like, wow, these fans are terrible. Like, I'm going to go sign with somebody else where they're not terrible anymore. Like, the, the rest of us don't care. Whether we're working there or going there or fans of there, and the way we judge the people out of like Stephen A. Smith and all that, yeah. like we don't, like so, we do not, we do not care. So East Coast sports, and I'm I'm lumping everything on the Eastern Seaboard from yeah, DC Austin, up, yeah, DC up. The Patriots with all the Super Bowl wins, these guys mm-hmm. have a fucking ten and five season. They're shitting all over that team. They're they're telling these guys you're fucking horrible. You guys suck. And you know, Tom was getting dressed down in um in wins. Gronk was saying they were getting dressed downs in wins. Like, hey, you guys look like shit out there. You yeah. know, and I'm like, dude, we got six championships and lay off a little bit. Like, you know, but they're expecting more. So I you're right. Aaron probably won't give a shit because of his personality. But again, you'll lose the locker room. You'll lose your guys because, again, we saw it with fucking Zach, who's not even close to Aaron Rodgers. We saw the city turn on this guy, and this guy is a broken thing because of it. Right. But what but what I'm saying is the concept of the city turning on a guy is something that only matters to people in and around those cities. The rest of us don't care. We never consider Detroit turning on a guy. Right. That's not a thing that happens other places. It's not a consideration. The Chiefs aren't worried about the city turning on Travis Kelsey. Like it's not a thing anywhere else. That is a thing in the major northern East Coast markets yeah. where the fan bases are out of their minds, which sometimes is a great thing. Right. But in situations like this, it's a bad thing. Aaron Rodgers does not care what the Jets fans think of him. He's just trying to win another Super Bowl, right? It's the Jets fans. It's a self-feeding thing. The Mm -hmm. rest of us don't care. I don't care about the New York media market as like what they have to say about things. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's more important than anything else or Philly or Boston or D.C. where we're at. Like, I don't care about none of that. And neither does Aaron Rodgers. See, and and we could put this to bed now. So if he's winning... It doesn't matter. Correct. You start losing and doing the shit you did. Excuse me. Shit that you did in Green Bay at the end there. Throwing fucking whatever. I'm telling you, it's going to be rabid dogs on this guy. 
And again, like I've been in that stadium where I'm like, holy shit, like this is like so like it's like the gladiators getting the thumbs down from Nero. I'm like, damn, you know, this guy's out there trying to play a football game and entertain you guys. And it's life or death. Like they're threatening this guy's family. Like they're yelling all kinds of shit. And again, they're fueled by the drinking and and and, and the tailgating and all of that. Yeah, you're right. Now I've been drinking and tailgating in Green Bay. <laughs> so it's it's just saying like I don't know his psyche inside, but if he play if he came there, he would have to lighten up a little bit. Because if he's telling Green Bay to relax, I'm telling you, it's gonna be the same thing in New York. I don't think that's in his in his DNA to lighten up a little bit. I just I don't think he gives and two why yeah why we wouldn't and and that's why we wouldn't bring him in or, or at least the consensus would be like hey you know what as right. great as that guy is fuck him we don't need right him. but here's the thing if the Jets make a decision not to add Aaron Rodgers to their team because they're afraid of how the fans are going to react if things don't go right that would explain why the Jets are the Jets in the first place. Correct. Right. No, that, but that is that is why. Right. Is so why. so so in like non-East Coast cities, the teams just make decisions and don't really care about what the fan like if they're gonna whatever. Like we had to put with Matt Millen for eight years. Like but, you just make the decision you think is best and you keep going. So I understand that like the fans of the Colts aren't gonna like storm the stadium mm-hmm. like they would if the if the Jets hired Jeff Saturday, right? But what I'm saying is that the Jets fans act this way and then reinforce themselves that this is the way to act. And the media wants those same people to listen to them. So they reinforce it's the way to act. And the rest yeah. of us are like. Point taken. Yeah. Right. Point taken. I mean, look at the quarterbacks we had through there. Vic. Fucking Fitzpatrick. I mean, come on. <laughs> don't, don't don't leave out butt fumble. Do went to AFC championship games, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can he he can actually say that for the Jets fandom. He can actually say that. Yeah, Think about absolutely. what it would be for Rodgers if if uh, I mean last thing for me if Rodgers goes to the Jets and they win, right? I mean that would be, that would be incredible. Off. That would be incredible. Yeah. yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. Like honestly, I would like I said, man from the football. Like as a football player, undoubtedly, like bring him in. You know, help us pay for his ticket to get him there. Yeah. But I don't want I don't want to see him at the presser. I don't want to hear shit that he's got to say. Just go play football, bro. That's a, that's all I need you to do. That would be no. great. If we that's ever a... we never had to hear from him again about some <laughs> of this nonsense, it would be great. And I um I don't want to make it seem like I mean, I don't like the northeastern markets I, for this I know, very reason. I know, I, I know but, you don't. but there are aspects of it that I like. It's just the 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 lack of awareness. Of their own insanity, yeah. Aaron right? Judge, like, had a like great the Bills, season. the Bills, the Bills have it right. The Bills Mafia are perfectly aware of who they are, so it becomes like, like niche and fun and kind of quirky. They're jumping through tables and whatever, right? Whereas, like, I'm not so sure Patriots fans realize who they are, yeah, <laughs> right? Or how spoiled they are. Yeah. Yeah. This... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't every city in Boston won at least one championship since 2008? Yeah, they've had. I mean, there's probably confetti still on the street somewhere out there. <laughs> right, right. Um, but even for like the Jets, where they haven't won anything in a while, like it's still the same sort of thing. So I know what you're saying. Like, I'm not denying what you're saying, Cleve. I'm just saying that I don't think Aaron Rodgers himself cares. gives a shit. Yeah, right. Um, 
All right, D'Amico Ryan's hired by the Texans. This is the third year in a row the Texans have hired a black head coach, uh, which sounds good. You realize it's the third year in a row, which means they keep firing the black head coaches. It's a setup um, job. It's a setup job. Yeah. Now he's he was currently uh, formerly the coordinator, defensive coordinator for the 49ers, Cleve. So young guy, obviously coordinated a great defense. You were actually very high on the Texans coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have predicted Lovey Smith to win coach of the year. So did I fuck? <laughs> was I, was I, was I getting my beak wet? <laughs> what were you um, doing? <laughs> um, but now like, uh, here's the exact quote you said, oh, God. <laughs> I said, I said, okay, Cleve, who's going to win coach of the year? And you said, Lovey Smith. And I said, no, Cleve oh. in the year 2022. Oh my God. I- I'm I'm embarrassed. <laughs> um, yeah, and we don't want, we had a conversation about like if you could win coach of the year if you didn't make the playoffs and like it was I mean it was fine, but now they actually have like a good young coach coming in. Setup's kind of the same. They've got two, Scott. They've got two first round picks each for the next three years. At least the next. Because I'm not sure about three, but they 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 have two and twelve this year. They have I want to say they have the Browns first in 2024 as well. Yeah. Um, they're set up. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so as far as picks goes, but you gotta you gotta hit those picks. Yeah. So D'Amico Ryan's to me is like one of the most clear cut. This guy is a coordinator who should be a head coach. Like this is the B enemy thing, but they didn't wait eighty seven years to give him a shot. Um, and with all those picks and stuff, I'm actually a little excited to see what he can do there. Me too. Just, just do like the lovey thing. Just stand there. With Collecting your check. No, no clipboard. Nothing. Like <laughs> just no menu. Just. If and if Lovey Smith and if if Lovey Smith and Todd Bowles were on opposite sidelines staring at each other, would that like create a tear of the time space continuum? <laughs> like a black Probably. hole? Is that how black holes get started? Probably. <laughs> just the absolute lack of emotion just rips he, he time and half. He did not give a shit, dude. Like, he just stood there and got a check. Like, was like... <laughs> well, I'm sure he knew. He knew what was happening. Cleve definitely, Cleve definitely would not have tipped Lovey Smith next, last year. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. He knows a notorious non-tipper, Michael Jordan. Notorious yes. non-tipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scotty Pippen. No really? tipping Pippen. Yeah, no tipping Pippen. Yeah. Wow. Uh Tiger Woods got busted for that one time. Yeah. Oh, come um, on. These guys, I mean, come on. Like, seriously. Yeah, I, I think Tiger course corrected pretty quick. Uh, no pun intended. But um, wow. <laughs> uh, he did some he did some other things too. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> no idea if he was tipping. Um, oh, all right. That was cool. <laughs> uh, Kellen Moore fired as offensive coordinator of the Cowboys and hired as offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Uh, Cleve, do you think this means Justin Herbert might throw a deep pass this year? <laughs> I, you know what, man? I um, the timing of that was kind of suspect. Them firing him. Yeah. Um, what wh- what was going on that day? It was something going on in, in the league that day. Was, was it, it uh, was it the Brady Day? No, no, no. It was the uh, it was it was Championship Sunday. Oh, okay. It broke on that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke on that day. And I they try to say it was a mutual thing or whatever, but I I just think he was showing the door because they had to they had to publicly. Oh, this is McCarthy somebody. saving his ass for yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, they had to yeah. give someone up, like <laughs> yeah. bring someone out for the public execution, and that's it. So yeah. That's what, so that's the way I viewed that one was like if you look at who the coordinator was before who got fired, Joe Lombardi, who might be 
the worst offensive coordinator in the history of football. And I'm not, <laughs> that's not hyperbole. Like the shit that he asks his players to do is just nonsense. And, and the lack of awareness, like, dude, Joe Lombardi, you have Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and you're throwing screen passes to, uh, I don't even know who, and you're asking your center to come off the edge and pick up uh, Everson Griffin instead of blocking him. Like, what are you doing? But it's just, it's amazingly um, crazy, the the scheme. But the idea that he shackled Herbert too, it's the same stuff. So if you look at Lombardi and think about how bad he was, and you think about Kellen Moore, even if he's an average coordinator, it's a giant upgrade for the Chargers. It just is. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think this is a huge thing. And also, Mike McCarthy is an offensive coach. Brandon Staley is not. He's a defensive coordinator turned coach. So Kellen Moore is going to get to actually run the offense unencumbered by Jason Garrett's clapping and Mike McCarthy doing whatever it is he does in his barn. And it'll be very interesting to see what he does with Herbert. Yeah. Also, if I could bet this right now, I would. The Chargers are drafting a wide receiver in the first round this year. Oh, what? Who though? Uh, whoever, Josh Addison. Whoever. Did you just say Josh Addison? Huh? Is that really his name? Yeah, the guy from uh, USC. Is that really his first name? Isn't it? Jesus, doesn't guys, sound right. You guys, he's a I think it's Jordan. Shit. Is it Jordan <laughs> Addison? Yeah, Fuck, guys. Josh Jordan, Mike, Mike Edwards. Just make it whatever. Up. <laughs> Listen. Listen, as all, they're going to draft Parker Addison, Peter Parker. Point. <laughs> the yeah, they're yeah, fuck. they're going to they're going to they're gonna get White Mike Addison. Like it doesn't matter. They'll get somebody. <laughs> they'll get somebody in here. Well, um, they're going to kind of need to because they they're not going to be able to pay. I mean, they paid Mike Williams. Um, I think they'll they're going to be moving on from Keenan Allen, which is kind of a big loss. But yeah, yeah. you got to replace some of that for sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the Cowboys replaced. Killing more with Brian Schottenheimer, so I'm sure that will solve everything. <laughs> this guy's getting recycled crazy, bro. Whatever. Yeah. The Dal- yeah. Good for Dallas. I'm very that's great. Whatever. Uh <laughs> Cleve uh, Cleve Mike McCarthy said that even with adding Schottenheimer, he is still going to retain uh the play calling duties. <laughs> so just so we used to stand on the sideline with the flavor flay clock just to show him. <laughs> fucking clock like hey clock management here <laughs> got bigger problems buddy all right a couple more here these are all kind of they're all coordinators but they're all kind of big deals in my opinion the first one is Vic Fangio hired as the Dolphins offensive coordinator you know he's widely considered one of the best defensive coordinators in the game and the Dolphins are pretty good Cleve if they're adding one of the top one of the top defensive coordinators in the game do you think that gives them an opportunity to actually win the AFC East I think so. I think they were, <clears throat> I mean, uh, I mean, obviously they gave up. They, Kellen Moore was like the scapegoat or whatever, but uh, Dak is the, Dak is the issue or was the issue for them this year, right? Is that what we're talking about? Do you think Dak was the issue and not shitty coaching and shitty play calling and shitty offensive setup? Execution. Execution All has to be, I mean, he's, he's, he's not, well, from what I saw, the games that I saw where he had bad games, I went back and like looked at the highlights. I don't even know what he was looking at, but he's checking down and he's just. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, 
you're thrown into a window that you know you can't get. And then sometimes you're staring right at right at a guy and you just throw it like right into his hands. I'm like, so 15 interceptions, that ain't bad coaching. That's fucking execution. That's like, hey, I didn't tell you to go there. You got three other receivers. I don't know, honestly, I don't know that Dak has ever been the same since he since he fractured his ankle. And then um I think it was the next training camp when he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, when they're on hard knocks. Just never yeah. been the same. Like the ball comes out and it's wobbly. It's just different. And he doesn't run. No, um, no, definitely doesn't run. Yeah, he doesn't run. Not like he used to, for sure. Yeah. And Dave, you were mentioning the Dolphins. I think that for it's like inverted Chargers stuff. I think that like you have Mike McDaniel's, you know, the offensive guru. And now mm-hmm. he gets just to say, hey, Vic, run the defense. And that's a pretty good team. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think they can win the AFC East. I do. Yes. Um, although uh, that, of course, hinges a lot on Tua's health. And yeah, concussions is one of those things where the re-injury yeah. rate is pretty high. So yeah. Yeah. Um, notice, notice, Cleve, that Tua has not broken his hip again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just the, the, the concussions there. Uh, second to last one, Brian Flores hired his Vikings defensive coordinator. Was the linebacker coach for the Steelers last year after being fired by Miami as head coach? No word on his pending lawsuit with the NFL unless you have any news there, Scott. No. Not a clue. I forgot I forgot that happened. I mean, I'm not being an asshole about it. I, I just forgot that that one because there was no major traction on that. Like the last. Yeah, there hasn't really now? been. There's been nothing talked about. I know there's been discovery and all that stuff, but, um, you know, just from a football standpoint, I think he's a really good coach. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't love that he's in the NFC North right now. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Me either. Yep. And the Vikings defense was astacular. They were in there. That's an old, old defense. Like old, old. Um, I don't know how they flipped that around, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. The, Whatever. Uh, the young Cleve, the youngest player. On the Vikings defense this year was Mike Singletary. Wow, <laughs> not really, but it felt like it. No, no, I, I, I got what you're saying. Like thousand fucking years old. <laughs> um, and finally, here Steve Wilkes goes to the 49ers as defensive coordinator. He was the interim coach for the Panthers after Matt Rule got fired, and there were reports that a lot of the players wanted to keep him. Yeah, as, I heard that too. As yeah. as head coach, so this is just another sharp move by sharp organization, right? You got the offensive head coach bringing Steve Wilkes to just completely run defense, just like Scott was pointing out in Miami. And you know what? The 49ers are probably going to make the divisional round again next year, minimum. So, so hidden in that is uh, this is even even a smarter move. So they bring in Steve Wilkes and they make sure that he talks to their defensive line coach. His name is Chris Kachurek. He used to coach the defensive line with the Detroit Lions. He mm. is a really, really good coach. They run um, that wide nine. They like to widen out their defensive ends and just let them go. And they want to just they want to assault one gap, Cleve. That's all they want to do. Just mm. just win your gap. And their personnel is set up such that they can't really go away from that. So they want to make sure that whoever they're bringing in is in lockstep with Kachurik as far as the way they're going to run their defense and their personnel and these things. And they don't just assume that it's going to happen. They actually have these guys meet and they mm. talk and they get on the same page. And I guess it, it was great. And it's that's what a smart franchise does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just, 
oh, I think these guys will get together and get along. It seems like they're, you know, <laughs> fucking yes, fucking but assholes. like I think that's super smart stuff. <laughs> you know, it's it's very smart um, roster management stuff. You've spent the last five six years developing your roster, and now you're going to throw it out the window because you're going to bring in a new coordinator who's going to do things differently. No, you know, keep keep some some level of consistency. And you get a new voice and all that stuff, but I think it's super smart what they're doing. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree, and I continue to be impressed with the 49ers as a as an organization. It'll be interesting to see what they do here in the in the offseason. Okay, well, uh, Cleve, thank you for starting us off with that uh, like interesting and different topic. That was <laughs> that that was well, awesome. We learned, we learned something. That's good. No, no, it's it. Again, I really wanted your take on it, and I saved it for the show because I was gonna actually text you last night, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not gonna bother you. I'm like, you know what? I want to see what their take is. Just for the record, um, Coach um, agreed. No, sorry, I'm sorry. Coach said he was he he, he was uh, a coward that he just he would just tip, like just just on the shame alone, like just to, okay, and he would just tip. He called me a hero of the working man. That I that, that I looked the guy in the eye and just said fuck off. <laughs> right? Matt kind of had a similar take to you, but he also had a similar take to Scott, saying that when it's expected, like you know, like it was like the, the pat flips around and you know you you look at it and then you make your choice or not make your choice. But when the guy's staring you down, like go ahead and draw here. You know, mm-hmm. like now, if that dude was smiling at you and was like, it's very you, smug, very smug. He was though. If he was, yeah, if he yeah. Was, I mean, yeah, I would have been disarmed. Yeah, I would have been disarmed, and and probably most likely, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll give a little something here. Right, but that yeah. goes back to my point. The tip isn't for the service, really. I mean, get, don't be wrong. If he like threw an end bomb and tried to punch you, then yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't be tipping. But <laughs> but, but but generally speaking, the tip is just for the work having been performed. If you don't like his attitude or something, that's a discussion with the manager, just like it would be at Chick Fil A, right? So whether he's being smug or he's smiling or whatever, like for all we know, the last customer in before you was a real jerk and called him every manner of so-and-so. So now he's just kind of like down in the dumps looking see, like whatever. Like, we just don't know. Yeah, right? but I, see, when, when people say that, I work in a service industry. Property management is actually a, it's a customer service, very, very heavy customer service. Like, it's, a, it's accounting. It's all the other things. It's business relations. But at the end of the day, we're managing someone's life because they're, it's a move and all of that. Yeah. If I have a resident or a vendor or my boss rip me a new one, I can't carry that into the next conversation or the next in- encounter. I got to put on a face, a happy face, and act like I'm in Smurf fucking village and just say, hey, you know what? We're good here. You know, I, I'm not afforded that. And I look at that for that. Like, I am, you got to have a, a short memory, like a quarterback throwing an interception. It says, fuck it, next play, next man up. Because again, if you're if you're going to be that perturbed because some guy treated you like shit, then you don't need to be working in the service industry because we all have a our moments and we take him into restaurants and act like, act out, basically. So, Cleef, um, have you ever worked as a server? No, I, I the only jobs I've ever held was I worked for the postal service out of college, um, but I worked like in the in the plant, and I was a mailman for like a short stint, which I hated, um, and then I've worked in insurance on on the HMO side, and then I got into real estate. So I've 
I've never worked as a server per se, or like in a fast food joint, like those type of jobs. I've never had. You Scott, can, can you do it for imagine. one day. Oh no, no, I, 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 I can't handle. I can't handle like, you know what it is. I can't handle like the pace of it. I can't handle like the pace of it. Like I, I can't handle so. Oh, much you mean the job could be overwhelming? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Again. I'm Here I'm saying go. I'm saying what I'm saying I'm saying that I can't deal with a customer like me. Like, I just couldn't do it because um there's a restaurant in New York City. I can't remember the name of it, but they insult you. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. Is that Peter Luger's? It might be. Like when they they like when you order they they tell you like man, hurry the fuck up. Like it, it's actually <laughs> great. The food's great, but they they literally like just kind of tell you they, they they're rude on purpose to you. Right. I mean, there's, you know, there's a line in the sand where they, they don't go racial or homophobic or whatever, but they, you know, they kind of make it whatever. But um, I would love a day. And I've always said this where everyone should have a day. It's a national holiday where you go to work and be you, be you, be Dave when you go to work. So if someone someone upsets you or whatever, just be you for that one day. I bet you there's no calling out that day. I bet you. The production on the job will be very high because everyone just get to be themselves to tell their boss, you know what? Fuck off, Peter. I'm done. Wait, I'm so home. everybody, not just the customers, but to other employees that could be themselves? Every, you're, you're, you're you? And it's like it's like the purge where you try to kill a guy all night and the next day, I hey. I think that's I'll, what would happen. I'll give uh, you your mower back. Uh, Cleve, <laughs> you, do, you do realize that like 43% of people voted for Trump, right? Those people could just be themselves at the office. Dude, I... <laughs> We'd have some problems. Yeah, dude, but it's the it's like the purge. You tried I tried to kill Scott all night, and then as soon as that alarm goes off, I'm like, hey, um, I got your clippers. You want them back? <laughs> your hedge clippers? <laughs> like we're good now. You know, as I'm holding a shotgun to his back. <laughs> hey, I was just kidding. I didn't mean anything I said to you. <laughs> yeah, but um no, I just I I just wanted your take on it. Well, mainly you because you, you know, I, I was expecting yeah, what you gave me, but I was I was I, I felt guilted and I felt wrong and I should know better. But now you, you've given me perspective and, and I actually appreciate that. So, yeah. Well, that's uh political football for this week. Again, big game pre-show Bedlam Sunday at uh, uh, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock. Iceman and coach political football. That's us uh, reading the defense. Um, we'll all be doing our shows all back to back to back. We will be previewing the game and going through our hilarious preseason uh, predictions um, <laughs> that we that, that we made um and wow let me tell baker, you baker mayfield I, I oh, uh, cleave don't i'm sure shit. i've got i'm sure oh I my God. There's, no, there's nothing worse than that <laughs> no that was that was the worst one that was the worst one yeah but, it had to be that's that's uh, undefeated that's undefeated yes. <laughs> uh especially because especially because you said baker mayfield our offensive player of the year and I said Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to win. So, like, juxtapose next to each other. <laughs> it's going to be good. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be good. So that's going to be on Sunday. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. The chat, all that makes the show just go that much, that much better. Please be sure to like the video. If you have already subscribed to the video, uh, to the channel, get notifications. We go live again. If you're listening on audio, we are a YouTube live stream uh, link in the show notes below. So you can come and subscribe to the channel. Know when we're going live as well. Uh, Cleve, any final words? Nah, I mean, I mean, I can't believe the Super Bowl is here. It's 
long season and it's uh, I, I can't so I'm 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 hyped for it on, on you know we'll talk about it on the show but I'm hyped for it so it's been yeah, a same. long season. Scott, same. final words. Same stuff. I'm I'm excited for the show for the Super Bowl all that stuff. Um, Dave, you know me. I'm excited for the off season and the draft and that whole yep. thing, but I'm also dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yes. Uh, Underdog releases their first uh, 2023 season long fantasy uh, best ball tournament on Friday. Are you with in? all with all with all the rookies this Friday, February 10th? Wait a minute. How did you How did you fare during the season? Uh, so I actually did pretty well. I made the finals of three different tournaments, but managed to min cash all of them in the finals. My team that I had going for $2 million, I only had one quarterback because one was Trey Lance. I got a Trey Lance team all the way through to the finals, wow. but the other quarterback was Kirk Cousins. And that was the game at Green Bay where they got absolutely obliterated. So, yeah, um, that was not. That that was not fun, but it was great getting through all the way to the final. So, yeah, we'll be running it back next year. Maybe not for the full two million dollar tournament, but I'll have. I had seven hundred and thirty five teams last year. That's don't incredible. don't know if I can match that this year because I'm getting married. Yeah, yeah you probably you, should you, not. You, you, so, yeah, yeah. Don't don't. Um. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying because there, there's going to be like a couple weeks where I just won't be doing any. Yeah, you don't. You're not going to have yeah. time. To do it. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then, do I plan before and do more? Like, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see if I get there or not. But I won't. I I will not be doing uh uh making fantasy football picks like during the rehearsal dinner. I would hope. <laughs> yes, yeah, not a good look. Yeah, my fiance is quite understanding and quite awesome, but it'll go so far. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, has, everybody has a limit. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see all of you on Sunday, hopefully. Sunday, Maddie Media Network. Peace. Peace.